I'm Natalie Liu, and you're listening to the Baggage Reclaim Sessions. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Earlier this week, I finished another series on Netflix called Too Hot to Handle. It's one of these dating shows. I don't normally watch dating shows, actually. But after watching Love is Blind, a fantastic series, by the way, I became curious about Too Hot to Handle. So anyway, I finished that, quite enjoyed it. Not anywhere near as good as Love is Blind. And then I just remembered, oh, Friends from College. When is that series coming back onto Netflix? And even though I wasn't like wild about Friends from College, season two was better. And I, you know, actually quite invested in the storylines. And the end of season two uh, was quite a cliffhanger. So I wanted to know what was going to happen. And I was like, oh, it must be around about that time now. Clearly, I'm late to the party, but it turns out that there is no season three of Friends from College. And I've experienced that frustration, that disappointment that so many of us have when shows that we've invested in get cancelled. You know, we don't know what the ending is. There isn't satisfactory resolution. Because, of course, when a show is notified that they're going to finish, then they can wrap it up, hopefully, in the last few episodes, even if it's somewhat hurriedly. But when it's cancelled, when the, 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 the series has already been finished, then that doesn't happen. Now, the funny thing is that we experience the same thing all throughout life in terms of opening and closing loops. So Friends from College... I got invested in that show. The cliffhanger in the final episode of season two opened up a loop, a loop that now I wanted resolution for that. I was curious about what happens next for the characters. I wanted a satisfactory ending. And because, well, there is no season three. There's a an open loop there. I kind of have to fill in the blanks as such. And yeah, if, if I want to think that deeply about it and try to imagine how that must have turned out. We do this in life where different things that we're doing open and close loops for us. For example, and this is an example I use of, with clients and members quite a bit. Let's imagine that we are at one night and we get talking to somebody and we're like, ooh, feeling a bit of a connection here, feeling a bit horny, not looking for anything. You know, do you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to have, you know, this is just for one night only. Maybe it might be for a weekend fling or maybe it's a holiday romance, whatever it might be. In our head, we have decided this is what this is. So now fast forward to the end of the proceedings as such. And the person turns around and says, do, 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 I'll call you. Or I'll be in touch. Or see you around. Even if we don't think about it in that moment, afterwards when the person is gone, if they, with that comment, have opened up a loop for us, we will be like, oh, when are they going to call? Oh, like, am I going to see them again? You know, is this the beginning of a relationship? And we will want satisfactory resolution, i.e. we will want that person to call. 
The funny thing is, is that we might not actually be interested in that person. We might not even have thought the sex was that good, right? We are only wanting that person to call because the loop was opened by them making that comment. I'll call you. I'll see you around. I'll be in touch. And now we want to know, well, how does this bit of the story end? Do they get in touch? If they don't get in touch, why didn't they get in touch? Why did they turn around and say they were going to call me if they weren't going to call? Sometimes this loop gets opened up for us, even though we didn't actually exchange numbers. So we're there torturing ourselves going like, why haven't they called? Uh, mate, uh, you didn't even give out your number. Like, what are you waiting for them to do? Search you out and all the rest? So we sometimes open loops for others, but also sometimes because of the way that we think about things, we keep a loop open. And if we really, really ruminate on it, the obsessing just keeps that loop going round and round and round. So let me give some more examples. Sometimes we go out with somebody and in the first few weeks and months, they talk about the future quite a bit. Oh, I can't wait to introduce you to my friends. Oh, you know, if we're still going out together, like in six months time, you know, um, we can go like to this particular place or do this particular thing. And so because of these comments that are being made, that opens up a loop. Because a part of us is going, well, hold on a second. Like, why would somebody turn around and say that unless they were already sort of envisioning some sort of level of a future with us? So when, for instance, we get to six months in the relationship, but they don't introduce us to uh, their friends or they, they don't take us on that trip or whichever else, we become frustrated because it's like, well, hold on a second. This is an unsatisfactory ending. I can't close this loop. You opened it up by saying, we're going to do this at this particular point. And obviously it turns out you didn't maybe take it quite as seriously as I did. But like now I want to know, well, if this hasn't been closed, why hasn't it? Why haven't I gone on this trip? Why hasn't the thing that you said was going to happen happened? And this is where we frustrate ourselves. It could be that this person said all of this stuff and they did that thing that I refer to as future faking, which is when somebody really talks of the future to get what they want in the present. And they do it because we don't know them very well at that point. And we also don't have enough information on them to actually know if they will deliver on the goods. They do it because it's it's it, it's intensity instead of intimacy. It's like, oh, well, I say all of this stuff. They feel really invested. You know, we have a grand old hot time together and then we sort of go our separate ways. And then afterwards, when things when this person doesn't turn out to be the person we want them to be, when things don't go the way that they suggested, we have this open loop. And the, the loop exists because this person said certain things. They intimated certain things. In some instances, they flat out promised certain things. And this loop is open. And because we haven't closed it or they haven't, there's an unsatisfactory ending. We don't have resolution to this particular story. And then we go, well, is it something I said? Is it something I did? What happened to that great person from the beginning? You know, what do I need to do to get them to change? 
was it that they said that they were going to do those things or that they were going to be those things because, you know, they were crazy about me, but then they got to know me. And so they changed their mind about it. And so round and round we go, actually opening up the loop even more, because now for each of those things that we are accusing ourselves of, all of these questions that we're asking, we're opening up loop after loop after loop after loop after loop. This means that in a situation where somebody has, as such, opened up a loop by saying things that then have not matched the subsequent actions, and then we give ourselves a hard time about it, we open up a whole load of loops that are waiting for some form of resolution. And the mistake that we make is thinking that the resolution is getting the person to be and do as we want, or that the resolution is us changing ourselves in some way to try to change the outcome and force the closure of the loop as such so that we can move on in the story. Here are some other examples where we can end up stressing ourselves out with the opening of loops. So I will talk to people who have decided that they are going no contact with somebody after a breakup. And even though it is absolutely the right thing for that particular relationship, that there is a period of not being in touch. And even though this person has decided that they're going to do this and their reasons for doing so, they don't acknowledge that a part of them believes that part of cutting somebody off is having the opportunity to turn around and remind them that they've been cut off, to shut the door on them, or to have the opportunity to change our minds and as such reopen the contact with them. And so what can happen is that we make this decision to be no contact and then we don't hear from the person. And then it becomes, oh, well, why haven't I heard from them? Why haven't they at least attempted to reach out to me? So now we've opened up a loop. If we turn around and we say to somebody, don't call me, don't reach out to me, I need space from you. But on some level, we're saying to ourselves, well, I, I, I don't want you to reach out to me, but I do at the same time because I, I need you to, to validate my ego. I need to know that I am somebody who is worthy enough of you basically busting my boundaries. We're opening up a loop. And so what happens is that as time goes by and we don't hear from this person, this this loop remains open because it's like, well, why haven't they reached out? It's like, this is unsatisfactory resolution to this particular story. And then we come up with all of these ideas about ourselves. Well, maybe it's because I'm not worthy. Maybe it's... And so now we've got a whole load of open loops because now we need resolution for the fact that we're not worthy and resolution for the fact that they haven't been in touch and on and on and on we go. Let's say that instead of the person not reaching out to us, that they do. If on some level we've held out hope that this person is actually going to reach out to us, if we have secretly wanted that validation, we've opened up a loop. On one hand, we've closed it because we're like, oh, yeah, they reach out to me. But on another hand, we've now opened up another loop because now we have scratched one itch and set off another one. Because like, well, how is this 
stage of the story going to end? Is there going to be satisfactory resolution to this? And so now we have basically gone back on ourselves and gone back on the decision that we have made. And if the person turns around and does exactly what they normally do or we end up feeling really unhappy, then now we've got to basically resolve all of that and we can end up going round and round and round in circles if we keep looking for this person to make us feel better or we keep doing things that are not in our best interests to try to make us feel better and basically end up, you know, causing a sort of a medium to long-term hangover. Another example, actually, is where... We have known someone for some time and there either hasn't been any romantic involvement or there was at one point and then it just kind of like never sort of took off. So even though we might not be consciously aware of it, there's a there's a loop open. The story hasn't been resolved. So let's take the first example. Let's say that this is somebody that we have known for some time, but it's never gone to that place romantically. Maybe it wasn't the right timing. Uh, maybe it's just like, you know, it, you know, you both kind of always friend zoned each other, whatever it might be. But there's been a curiosity because on some level, we registered that this is somebody who could potentially be a romantic interest it could also be that there's a question mark over why the connection exists and so it's like I've known this person for however long and we haven't been involved romantically but we keep in touch or we see each other or we get on why is that or why hasn't it gone much further than that so we go about our business, but there's a little bit of curiosity, like what, what might it be like if I went out with this person? You know, is this the person that I've like been waiting to get together with? It's just like hasn't been the right time. Are we like two star-crossed lovers in a romantic comedy? And so the loop is open and waiting for resolution, even if we're not consciously aware of it. Now, it might actually get resolved by the fact that we move on and that in and of itself, because we've moved on into another relationship, whatever it might be, it's done and dusted and we're not even remotely curious about this person. It's like it's now forgotten because we have moved on to a totally different part of our story, a different stage of our life. But then, of course, it could go down another way where we have the opportunity finally to get involved with this person. We now have an opportunity to close that loop, the curiosity to find out what this connection is about. But sometimes the fact that we have had this open loop, that we've had this curiosity, builds things up in our mind about what it is that we think could happen. And then when our, our reality who this person is, how we feel about them, how the relationship goes down. When that falls short of our hopes and expectations, yep, we have an unsatisfactory resolution. And we might give ourselves a hard time about it, and so round and round we go. Now, I actually have a theory about why we get hung up on certain people 
why we see so much possibility in someone or something, even if there isn't really the evidence to back that up. And it's because of this. As humans, we've been socialized to believe that when we're in certain contexts, the fact that we are engaging, for instance, with someone of the opposite sex implies a romantic possibility. So in straight relationships, we've been socialized to believe that, you know, if a man and woman are engaged with each other, it is because one or both parties are trying to get in each other's pants, like, oh, men and women can't be friends. And of course, the same thing happens within same-sex relationships as well. Quite simply, we have ideas about what implies romantic interest. It varies from person to person. There are things that we've come up with ourselves. There's things that we've been taught you know, by society. But whatever it is, there are things that when we experience them, Rightly or wrongly, a loop opens up that suggests, oh, there's a romantic possibility here. This is why we have incidences as humans of believing that the way in which things were going down with somebody implied that they fancied us, implied that we were going to actually like get into something. And then when we actually turn around and try to like, you know, move things on or find out what's going on, the person's looked at us and been like, uh, what are you talking about? And it's because in our mind, we were getting signals that actually didn't mean the same thing to the other person as what they did to us. In these situations, then, it is these ideas about what constitutes romantic possibilities, romantic interests that opens up loops, that causes us to go down a road of, you know, trying to uh, satisfy our curiosity or trying to like get a satisfactory resolution or yes, a happy ending. And, you know, as I think of it, I can't talk about this without talking about a source of angst, obsessing and ruminating for a lot of us. And it is this sense of goodies versus baddies, you know, um, where the, the good person wins out and the bad guy doesn't get off. When we, for instance, find that we have a run-in with somebody, maybe we have a bad breakup, maybe we clash with somebody, they don't like us, they say stuff about us, we think maybe they have whatever opinion of us, or it feels as if they mistreated us and then they skipped off into the sunset and now they're off living the life, being all happy. Everybody thinks highly of them. That does not give us a very satisfactory ending at all. We see ourselves as the, as the protagonist and this person as the antagonist. So in the story, you know, we are the person that people would be rooting for. And we will go on a journey. We should obviously experience some growth and resolution. But the idea in every story ever told, really, in on film or TV, books, whatever, the, the bad guy is not supposed to win in the story. That doesn't give a satisfactory resolution. They're supposed to get their comeuppance. They're supposed to learn. So in real life, we feel as if there is an open loop when somebody trashes us, you know, that they're talking crap about us to, to people saying whatever stuff that we don't feel is actually who we are. 
we feel as if maybe they're in control of the narrative that people are like, you know, buying into their story. We feel like, hold on a second, I've been through an appalling time with this person and everybody thinks that they're a good guy, a good person. And I know what things are really like behind the scenes. And so it feels like, well, when are they going to get their karma? When are they going to get their comeuppance? And if we become super focused on that, that keeps that loop open because we don't feel as if we can move on with our life, that we can move on with our story until we close out that chapter with a satisfactory resolution. And of course, our idea of satisfactory resolution for the other person might not be what is actually, it might not be what's supposed to happen right now. Um, it might be somewhat overblown in some instances, but also like karma's not working for us. Like karma can be a bitch, but it's not our bitch. Like it's not working for us. And when we are super invested in like controlling the ending, controlling the narrative for what went down with somebody else, we can end up extending our pain, dragging out this chapter of things but also diverging from who we really are. And I get it. Um, when you know how you were treated, when you know what you experienced, and then you're like, oh, so let me get this right. Like, I couldn't get them to commit or they said whatever or did whatever. And now there they are like posting their stuff on Instagram and showing off like their new life. And I'm sitting here twiddling my flipping thumbs at home waiting for lockdown to finish. And I'm wondering if I'm, you know, if I'm ever going to meet somebody. This doesn't seem fair. This doesn't seem right. Or we might be like, well, why are they getting the opportunities? Why are they getting the accolades? Or be like, oh my gosh, like why do so many people think that this person is whatever and whatever when I know what they did. And so we can get really, really hung up on that because now we're telling ourselves a story and it's a story of injustice. And of course, the, we will feel as if the resolution to that injustice is to get our sense of justice against this person. But if we keep basing our happiness and our ability to move forward on a story we're telling ourselves about what somebody else did to us and why they can't basically move on and why they shouldn't be happy, then we're also not going to get to be happy either. One of the things that we can do as humans is we can get very, very caught up in why somebody doesn't like us. And the funny thing about us is that we will often get hung up about why somebody doesn't like us even when we don't like them. It's like when we get upset about not being invited to a party that we didn't actually want to go to. In any of these situations, what actually keeps the, the loop open is our ego. It's like, how dare they not like me? I know why I don't like them and I've got very bloody good reasons not to like them, but why don't they like me? And that is what keeps the loop open. When we're like, oh, the reason why they did blah, blah, blah to me is because, you know, I'm a loser and they're the winner and they're getting to win at life now because they're posting their stuff all over Instagram and their life is just so perfect and mine isn't. That's our ego. And we're also telling us lies that keep us in pain. These are the ways that stop us from having satisfactory resolution because actually the way for us to close the loop on some of these painful incidences from our past isn't to pretend that they didn't happen. 
But it is to ensure that we don't self-define on that, that we don't use those experiences to keep that loop open by telling us stories that basically reaffirm negative beliefs about us. We actually not only keep the loop open, but open up more loops when we keep telling us stories, when we keep telling us lies about what is really going on, you know, when we blame it on being not good enough. And also when we keep feeding the curiosity, because for instance, if we have said, do you know what, like this was an appalling situation for me to be involved in. And I really, really need to look at what has been going on with me, you know, why I've been in this situation. But then we spend a lot of our time checking up on this person on Facebook and Instagram or whatever, or we're always basically looking for some form of bad news to try to get the the validation that we're looking for. That is what keeps the loop open. Because we keep, you know, we, we go looking for something, we satisfy that curiosity and then create more curiosity with all of the things that were saying to us, but also because we keep looking around. So how can we close loops? Well, by trying to keep it honest with us, but also by noticing where we have got stuck on entitlement. So when I say keep it real, in those instances where we are like, why isn't that person called? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? We can actually be honest with us about, are we actually interested in this person? After all, if we genuinely are interested in that person and we have their number, then there's actually nothing whatsoever to stop us from calling them. So are we actually really interested in this person? And if we're not interested in this person, but we are bothering ourselves about why they haven't called, if we're not interested in a relationship, but we're also still bothering ourselves about why they haven't called, that's not us. That's our ego. And we can recognize that and speak back to it and calm down that curiosity. We can calm down our ego. Our ego is concerned with winning, losing, right, wrong. You know, who has the power? We as humans, we're not really. It's the, you know, our true self. We don't care really that much about that stuff, but our ego does. And our ego will take us down a path that we really don't need to go down. If somebody has shown who they are, even if it's different to who they portrayed themselves to be, the promises that they made, who we thought they would be, you know, who we painted them to be in our mind, the way for us to close that loop is to accept it. What keeps the loop open is behaving as if we bought something from Ikea and we got home And we opened up the box and discovered that there were various different parts missing. And now we're going back to Ikea to basically get them to give us all of the missing bits. No, that's not what happened here. Because whatever picture we painted in our mind, again, that's ego. But also, uh, when people turn around and they, they, they have to talk themselves up instead of being who they really are, that's their ego too. Accepting it doesn't make us a fool. Accepting it makes us somebody who now has the opportunity to learn from what has happened and move on. Accepting it allows us to tell our mind and body the truth. It allows us to stop being at odds of ourselves. It allows us to free us up and find peace. If we know that what's keeping a loop open for us is that we're looking for validation, then we can actually validate us because that's often what it is that we need to do. It's like we're we're wanting other people to be like, oh, like I think this about you. Well, if that's what we're wanting from them, why don't we think that about us? 
right? If like we're looking for everybody else to be on our side, are we on our side? What is this really all about? Yes, is the age old question. Like what's the baggage behind it? Why is it that because for instance, somebody doesn't like us because somebody basically turned out not to be who we want them to be, why has that thrown us you know into this funnel of pain why has that opened up a whole thing about how unworthy we are what was going on for us that that would be the narrative that comes up as a result of that because that allows us to close that loop instead of being curious about this person and trying to like get a PhD in their shadiness instead of being like okay I'm going to try to force the ending to be what I want it to be why not become curious about what is going on within us that would cause us to treat and regard ourselves in the way that we are that's causing us to basically keep this loop open because when we actually become curious about that we can actually close down that loop and open ourselves up to something that is so much better what we can also do to close the loop is to acknowledge our sense of entitlement, something incidentally that happens to all humans. So we don't need to feel bad about that, but we do need to get truthful about it. This is something I talk about in episode 137, uh, the one I call the lean period, where I talk about why we can become obsessed about something or someone. What happens is in our mind, it's like, well, I did this, so they should have done that. And then this should have happened. And so when what we want and need isn't what happened, we go back and we're like, but I did this, I did this, I did this. And we try to get the person to do what we think should have happened. We also then might be like, well, I did that. And so maybe I just need to try harder. So it's all that efforting that I've talked about before. And so we keep trying and we keep trying. And then after a while, we're like, well, I'm mad at this person because things didn't go the way that I planned it or I'm mad at myself because I did all the things and I still didn't get what I want so there must be something wrong with me. So as long as we have this sense of entitlement like well I did this so that entitles me to that. I did this so this person should have done that and that should have happened we will keep that loop open. But when we actually break that apart and almost stop having this sort of transactional attitude towards life where it's like, oh, well, I did this, so I think that this reward is coming to me soon, then we can actually get to a much more honest and authentic and grounded place where we stop putting ourselves in these sort of cycles of pain and we close these loops for ourselves without having to wait around necessarily for other people to do it. Often, all it takes is a shift in perspective to propel us forward. I will always remember that back in August 2005, weeks before I started Baggage Reclaim, I had a conversation with my kinesiologist, like an acupuncturist without needles, and we talked quite deeply about my upbringing and how I saw myself as a result of how things had been with my parents, you know, the absence of my father, the, the, the toing and froing, the hot and the cold and all the rest. And the change in the perspective that I had that day closed so many loops for me. Loops that as a result of them being open had caused me to be in so many unavailable relationships because I had spent my whole life telling myself that there was something wrong with me, that there was... That, that I'm not good enough, that I wasn't wanted, that I'm rejectionable, 
that, you know, I am not a good person. And all because my parents broke up when I was three and my dad was not who I had needed and wanted him to be. But me telling that story differently from that day, bit by bit by bit, has closed so many loops in my life. And as a result of that has freed me up from patterns that were holding me back from being more of who I really am. So I really encourage you to look at like, where are you keeping some stories open in your life that actually you need to close? Which loops are you opening up unnecessarily? Because for instance, if you are in lockdown, social distancing, quarantine, whatever we want to call it in these Rona times, and you know that actually what you need is to just step back a bit and have a bit of a breather. But because you're feeling a bit off, you then, you know, for instance, reach out to an ex or you start surfing around on Tinder or Bumble or Plenty of Fish or whatever. That's opening up a whole load of loops that you might not be able to find resolution for in these strange Rona times that we are in. Are these loops that you want to open? Do you need to open these? Maybe as a result of leaving them alone, you can close a whole load of other loops instead. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time and take care of you. If you would like to say hi or you have a quick question or you would like to let me know what you thought of an episode, the best place to get a hold of me is on Instagram at NatLue. That's N-A-T-L-U-E. You can also reach me by email. That's podcast at baggagereclaim.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. And links to all of these will be in the show notes at baggagereclaim.co.uk forward slash 181. Did you know that aside from the podcast, there's also a blog which features over 1600 posts. It covers a broad range of topics, including emotional unavailability, how to recognize healthy relationships from unhealthy ones, as well as how to live and love with more self-esteem. Head on over to baggagereclaim.co.uk or .com. You can also find a list of all episodes so far at baggagereclaim.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you will also find information about how to subscribe, are you not subscribed yet, as well as how to rate and review the show. Rating the Baggage Reclaim sessions on Apple Podcasts is really good at helping the show to grow and catch more eyes.